explodes. What was your mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, <laughs> I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? He was so worked up, he vomited on the sideline and then just kept on yelling at his teammates, Steve. <laughs> sideline reporter for ESPN didn't make me popular. This thing did. I've been getting offers for it all day long. That might be the best sideline report in the history of sideline reports. We are back, back once again, Sideline Pass podcast, Chris Budd and Molly McGrath to break down everything that we saw and heard and witnessed and experienced on the college football sidelines. It was finally week one, Molly. And there were some good games. There was some lopsided games, which you happened to be at. Uh, but it was a really interesting one for storylines for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I had Georgia and Oregon in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta. And I almost like don't want to talk about my game because your game was so <laughs> much more exciting. Utah and Florida. I watched that game on my flight home. Um, after my game, but I'll, I'll go into mine a little bit before I ask you some questions. Cause I'm just dying to know so much about your game. Um, but I will say my biggest takeaway from that game is that Georgia is still a title contender mm-hmm. and the, um, new AP top 25 came out today on Tuesday and Georgia is the number two team in the country. I think that's right to have them go from number three to number two, because they were so dominant in that game. And the storylines you're referencing is, you know, Georgia's defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, who helped them get to a national championship last year. Um, He is now Oregon's head coach and he flew to Eugene the morning after winning a title with the Bulldogs. So that was one of those things that you, you can't write a story that good. The fact that he, he's, you know, the guy who helped them get to a championship and now he's trying to beat his former team in his first time with the Oregon Ducks. Um, you know, the ducks are still adjusting to his defense. I think that's part of it. It's a very complicated defense. It, it it is supposed to look similar to Georgia's defense, but it just didn't because they weren't caught up to where they should be. They had a lot of issues with, uh, tackling and missed tackles. That's something you see in week one a lot. So I think that Oregon will be better. I think that Bo Nix will be better against a defense. That's not Georgia's defense. Um, so that was a tough test for week one for Oregon. I think that they'll start to look better as the season goes on though, but Georgia is legit. Stetson Bennett is the most disrespected, accomplished quarterback in college football. And after that performance, if he keeps it up, people are going to start talking about him for Heisman, whereas no one knew his name over a year ago. Um, I think people just underestimate him because he doesn't look the part. He's standing there in the post-game interview with me and he's not much taller than I am, you know? So it's one of those things where people, um, he, he's unassuming, but he showed that he's for real and he's ready to make a splash yet again in college football this season. I have an interesting stat that I found wondering why Stetson Bennett's name doesn't come up in Heisman talk. He yeah. was a hundred to one odds. There were 40 players that had better odds than he did in the preseason. And it's, I don't understand why, like at what point are we going to say the dude's really good? He's not a Mm -hmm. former walk-on anymore. You know, the guy's really good, won a national championship, and he still has to go out there, make ridiculous plays with his feet, played incredible for us to finally be like, oh, hey, he's really good. Let's buy in. He's so smart. And the fact that he's not very tall, people underestimate him, but that shows how 
good he is. He yeah. is so good that the fact that his height doesn't hamper his ability to throw the ball downfield and his mobility really helps with that, I think. Uh, but I think that the narrative surrounding Stetson Bennett needs to change from, okay, the, the third string, the walk-on, the guy who nobody knew his name to, hey, this is a national champion and the offensive MVP of the title game, and he deserves a little more respect. So that was my takeaway from that game. He only had six incompletions on the day. He was just on fire. So that was, it was really fun to see that in person. I know you love yourself some Dan Landing. He can be fiery. He's fun to watch on the sideline. Is it different? Was he different in a head coaching role? Because he had no, no, he's awesome. Yes. He's freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, they were down like 40 points. And as a sideline reporter, you're like, no one cares what's going on down here because this is such a blowout. But his team is down almost 40 points and he's going up to his defensive guys and he's saying, you know, mentally staying in this game is going to make you better. Taking on a team like Georgia that is this good is only going to make you better. So mentally staying in the game is a choice. Physicality is a choice. Good tackling is a choice. Make the choice to get better today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, here's a report. Dan Lanning gold yet again but I do have to tell you I had one of my most embarrassing moments <gasps> as a sideline reporter with Dan Lanning and oh, I'm no. just like mortified I told my story I told the story <laughs> to my husband he's like what's wrong with you um so Dan Lanning head coach for the first time in college football he doesn't know how halftime works but he has an idea right so I go up to him before the game hey coach just want to say good luck and I'll see you at halftime and I had his people help coordinate the halftime interview. And I was going to get him coming out of the locker room off camera for just a couple questions because they were, they were down big. And I'm waiting there for him. And I think I still have some time. So I take a huge bite of a granola bar, like massive bite of a granola bar. Cause I was like, I need to get this down quickly before Dan Lanning comes out. He walks right by me and goes, how's your sandwich? I think thinking that I'm eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich. And I'm like, Oh, coach and my mouth is so full I didn't know what to do I panicked so I spit my granola no, bar no. into my own hand I went Bleh. I spit it into my own hand and threw it and then ran after him and and I was like I'm so sorry coach and also like why did I just regurgitate my food in front of you I didn't mention that but like what is wrong with me I just apologized and I was like <laughs> so what do you need to do uh against Stetson Bennett <laughs> like I mean, it it's kind of dry. It's not granola bar is not something you can just like swallow. No, I couldn't power through it. I couldn't be like, coach, give me a sec. I need to chew and swallow this. Like, no, I'm spitting it out into my own hand. I'm throwing it and I'm running after him. Like, hey, sorry about that, coach. Sorry, I wasted 20 seconds of a, you know, 40 second interview. Let's go. So that was pretty mortifying. I've it's never kind of spit a baller out my food mood, in front though. of a coach. I mean, we've seen enough people spitting on the sidelines to think that, you know, hey. True. Yeah. Fuck. We've seen a lot of, yeah, we've seen a lot of like spitting, puking, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, that was pretty embarrassing, though. I am not in midseason form yet, I guess. Eating and being caught eating by the head coach in his first halftime interview. He's probably like, wow, these reporters are freaking weird. So anyway, enough about my game, since I just gave way too much information to people listening to this podcast. Chris, I want to hear about your game uh, because I was yelling at the TV on my flight. That was such an incredible game. And Anthony Richardson 
was special. What was it like watching that from field level? Yeah, well, I had him twice last year and you sh- you saw spurts of it because while Emory Jones was a starter last year, Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. would come in time to time and an USF game broke out for an 85-yard touchdown. So we knew how special he was. And I j- he was he's like Houdini. Like that mm-hmm. two-point conversion that ever that's being shown everywhere. I think the tackler like goes to grab his ankles and is probably looking up and like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And then he finds, you know, his guy in the back of the end zone that's standing there like a statue. And I happen to be right there on that sideline. So they're Mm -hmm. going nuts. They come by and I look over at Billy Napier and he's just laughing. He's like, I don't (laughs) even, what do I even do with this kid? And after the game, someone asked him a question about it. And he was like, my wife could call plays for that guy. I mean, he's just ridiculously talented. His reads have gotten better. His vision's gotten better. Uh, first quarter wasn't his best. And then you could just tell as he got more comfortable in it, that place was rocking. Thank mm-hmm. goodness the storm stayed away once kickoff started. But it was raining all day, which kind of stinks. Like if it's just going to rain, just rain the whole time. Don't rain yeah. up until kickoff. So I'm now soaking wet. And I'm wearing a hat. I've already committed to the rain gear. I've already committed <laughs> to we're just going to look wet. And now that we come on the television, people are like, what? What? What the heck's wrong with her? It's not wet out there. It's not raining. <laughs> Why is that girl so sweaty? Yeah, yeah it was it awesome. Pretty swampy. Yeah, it, it was it was thick, as they would say <laughs> down there. Uh, I, we saw some vomiting. I saw what Utah did was interesting, you know, in terms of trying to get a accustomed to the humidity, they went into their practice facility, indoor practice facility, two to three times a week, would shut the windows, shut the doors, turn off the AC and water the field for 25 minutes so that that moisture was in the air. I'd never heard of that as a way to kind of prepare for the humidity, although there's, you just can't, you you cannot prepare for the humidity down at the swamp, Mm -hmm. but super, super impressed with Billy Napier and his debut at Florida. He's interesting. He's so detail-oriented. He has things that he calls ignition reels, and he breaks the season up into eight parts that are called the journey, and each part is a different phrase. It has a different name, and it's it's just very interesting the way he goes about it, but he's also super thoughtful. And in the post-game interview that we didn't stay live for because we had to get to some Pac-12 game, which that was super obnoxious. Just brutal. Like I'm watching and I'm like, oh my God, that was such an exciting ending. What a game. Can't wait to hear what Billy Napier has to say about this first win as the head coach for Florida. Oh, wait. We're not going to go to that. That's hard. I get it. I get it. That's like something that's way above our pay grade. But as a, I think that does a disservice to the fan and to the viewer because you want to still be up you into feel that it. moment and you want to feel it. And that's, that's one of those games where like you watch and you can't sleep after because your adrenaline is so high from watching that game and you yeah. want to hold on to it a little longer. So I, I wish maybe like if they two boxed it, I know that programming does an amazing job and that's, that's something that's like, can't be helped, but I wish I could have seen that live. And I didn't see the interview yet. I need to watch it. I know you posted it. Yeah. So tell me about that post game interview it with was Billy awesome. Napier and kind of your mindset going into it after such a wild game. Yeah, I actually thought I was getting Anthony Richardson and then coach came to me first. And the nice part was we got off air so quick that it almost felt like the interview was live because it it would have been in the same time that it was live by the time he came over to me. And 
I knew I just wanted to ask him about the buy-in of the team or, or how they do it. Because uh, it was back and forth and both teams just executed. And he gave a really thoughtful answer about trust and how the guys gave him their trust and trust in him. And he said, that's what this game is built on. It's based on trusting one another. So I appreciate these guys putting their trust in me and then uh, asked him about Anthony Richardson. It was just super thoughtful answer. And sometimes in the, you know, the franticness afterwards, it's hard to go there sometimes. And he is, he gave me a pre-kick interview 30 seconds before kickoff. That was also super insightful. I really feel like there's a different kind of culture down there and these players have bought in and there's big things to come. I mean, they already got to what, I think 12 in the AP poll that was released uh, this Tuesday. I'll tell you the, here's the crazy thing that happens. Game was awesome. Everything was awesome. We're joking. Like we got our best game of the year. Week one, everything's going to go downhill from here. We go to the airport the next morning. There's four gates in this tiny Gainesville airport. And usually the teams get a charter, they're home. We walk into the airport and there's all of the Utah players sleeping on the floor. Oh no. And so doing my investigative reporting, I have figured out that they got on the plane at midnight and sat on for a little bit and the engine is busted. So they have to get off the plane. Well, there ain't a whole lot of just extra planes sitting at the Gainesville airport. So they got off the plane. They had no snacks. They had some Cheez-Its and some Cheetos and some Doritos. Cam Rising is literally sleeping on the floor using his sweatshirt as a pillow. There is one TV in this tiny airport and it is replaying the game from the night before. No, no. They don't get injury. Yeah. They don't get on a flight, another plane until 530 p.m. Then you got to fly across the country. Your whole day. What is your recovery day is completely busted. I felt so sorry for them. It was uh, it was hard to watch. Meanwhile, I'm like getting on my commercial flight being like, sorry, guys. That's absolutely brutal. And that's got to affect their prep this week. That affects their day off. That affects their prep this week. I'm looking at their schedule. They're playing Southern Utah. So hopefully that is an easier opponent. Um, And it's, you know, going to be a local opponent. It's at home. Um, So thank goodness for that. But I mean, talk about one of the farthest points in the country that they could go to travel for a game, you know, like to, to go to, all the way to Gainesville and get stuck there. They probably yeah. never want to go back to the state of Florida. <laughs> probably not. I, I got to ask you a question. Are you sore? Am I sore from what? Walking. I like I, after the oh. first game, every time I wake up the next yeah. day or even afterwards, I'm like, man, I mean, I work out daily and it still doesn't prep me for the amount of walking that I do on turf. Like my mm-hmm. legs were sore the next day. I'm, I'm sore and my feet are killing me and I wear comfortable shoes. (laughs) It's one of those things where you have to get into game shape, Chris. Yeah. Right. The season is just a different week one. It's just a different kind of game shape. It's walking in circles for seven miles, you know, and going off of very little food, except for regurgitated granola bars (laughs) and Gatorades that you chug like, oh my gosh. Have you ever done a game of the moments? No, I mean nothing that I'm compares alone. nothing that compares to <laughs> spitting out a granola bar mid 20 seconds before my interview. 
Uh, I don't think oh. so. I'll tell you what was super cool. It'd been a long time since I've been at the swamp. And then it's like my hot take for the week. Have you, have you mm. done a game down there recently? No, my hair would not be able to handle the swamp. <laughs> the, I'm terrified. Oh, the fourth quarter, Tom Petty, Gainesville native, they sing won't back down and they hold so up their, cool. their phones and the lights. I think that's cooler than jump around at Wisconsin. Yeah. It was so, I it agree. was so, it was so cool. It was very yeah, cool. That's, that's such a cool scene. Yeah. Going to the swamp for a good game. I feel like SEC night game. There's kind of nothing better than that. What an exciting week one. Where are you going to be week two? Arkansas, South Carolina. Oh, and I just learned Ooh. something interesting in my prep. So KJ okay. Jefferson, quarterback for Arkansas, has a superstition. I guess now we can call it a tradition. He gets a Manny Petty before every game. Stop. And How does he, he have time for that? I don't know. He gets them done on Thursday and I put in a request to try and join them. Like, hey, <gasps> hey, hey, just us sitting, you know, get Manny Petties. They said we couldn't do it. But I was like, how what? fun would that be? Maybe I'll just happen to find out where he goes. I need to get my nails done. Mine are a little grown out. I just, I've never yeah, heard. Do, of, I, I never heard. Do a some serious investigative that. reporting. You <laughs> yeah. have to show up at all of the different manicure places. Can they at least get you pictures of that? Or is I'm he sure, trying yeah. to be like a tough guy? No, I like, mean, he's open about it. it. I mean, it was the SID who told us that he does this. And I'm thinking is, you know, is there something with holding a ball? I would think you would need some calluses. But maybe it's just, you know, feel good, look good, play good. That's totally it. And it's a relaxation thing, I bet, too. Yeah. Like to get your to get your feet rubbed and to just zone out and kind of calm down like a, a couple days before the game. That's smart. I'm, I'm into that. Maybe I need to make that part of my routine. <laughs> I'm super jealous of your game. Oh, my goodness. I'm really excited for this game. So of course you are. Mario is probably excited, yeah. too, because he's a Tennessee fan. We have Tennessee at Pitt, and Pitt is coming off of one of the most exciting games in program history with the oh backyard brawl last week. That game was absolutely wild. It, it came down to whoever had the ball last was going to win that game. Do you know what I think about that game? Like, we spent all offseason talking about realignment and is the sport going to be dead and all this stuff. As my dad tries to call me, why I'm on some dad, we're doing a podcast. Uh, you know, <laughs> he probably wants to talk about my game. So, you know, it's, is the sport dead? Is sport going to change? Because we're going to have these super conferences. And we start off week one with a renewed rivalry. They haven't played in 11 years. And it was hate versus hate. And it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And it reminded us of like why we love college football. It was the perfect table setter for what was a fantastic week. Yeah, it definitely was. And it, it just shows what's so special about college football, the rivalries. Like that's what separates college football from everything else. And also like the salty coaches. Did you watch Ooh. Pat Narduzzi's interview <laughs> after the game? I'm really excited to see yeah. him this week. He's going to be thrilled to see me. He said that uh, ESPN disrespected his fans because there was a graphic, I think on Friday's College Football Live, sponsored by some, you know, ticketing company. I'm not sure who. Um, that said the percentage of tickets sold to West Virginia fans was much higher than Pitt fans. It said something like 70% West Virginia, yeah. which didn't end up being accurate because you looked at the shots of the crowd and it was packed with Pitt fans. And the Pitt fans definitely showed out. And you could tell that was a big factor in that game. But Pat Narduzzi said that we disrespected uh, their their fans. So I'm I'm scared and excited to see him this week. And another little, like, uh, I don't know, storyline 
type situation that's going on is supposedly Pitt only made tickets available to Tennessee fans up in the 500s, like in the nosebleeds. <gasps> and so Tennessee fans are really pissed about that because they won't be close to the field. So they are, the fans are refusing their ticket allotment in the 500 level and they're buying their own tickets. So it'll be interesting to see how much orange will be in the crowd and how angry they'll be for that game. Hopefully they're not going to like throw anything at anyone, not referencing anything that happened last year or anything. The mustard bottles uh, out of, (laughs) out of Heinz field, except it's not even called Heinz field anymore. I know it's like Acrisure field, whatever. Yeah. Now that it's no longer Heinz field, they're, won't be ketchup and mustard handy for them to throw at us. So, but, but all seriousness, I think that's going to be a really good game. I don't know what the line is right now. I think it's like, I think it's in favor of Tennessee by three. I'm not sure I could be wrong, but I I just, I think that's going to be a really good, even matchup. So hopefully I don't have as much of a, a blowout this week. I hope not. Uh, I I wasn't expecting yours to be a blowout as much as it was, although I, you know, I didn't expect our game to be down to the wire as it was either. Um, so I, yeah, I, we did. I, liked, I, I liked Utah in that game. I was rooting for the PAC 12 with all of the realignment stuff. You kind of want to root for the conference that's, you know, struggling a little bit, but they, they didn't show out very well week one with, with Utah, with Oregon, yeah. Um, I don't know what their record was in week one, but a lot of Pac-12 teams lost, which was which was a bummer. Especially the Pac-12 teams that you think of, you know, having a chance at the playoff. And again, this is like the overreaction that we always do week one. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, is the Pac-12 not going to make the the playoff once again? Tennessee by six and a half. Is that the is that that's, the line right now? That's what I got uh, as we record this on Ooh. a Tuesday. Pat Narduzzi is getting hot under his collar. He's <laughs> going to be so salty. I love a good salty, mean coach. He's I'm going to awesome. spit my food out right in front of him and just make him love me. See, he would love that. He'd be like, that's awesome, Molly. Give it to me. You know? Yeah. He'd be like, it's yeah, blue collar. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Week one sideline pass 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 sideline pass podcast is in the books. Uh, we're still getting warmed name. up. We're getting, you know, our steps in. We're learning how to talk on television again. No, I'm just kidding. It was it was an awesome week one. It was like a marathon from watching it on a Thursday all the way through a Monday. And then you're back at it again two days later. So we're going to continue this all week. If you've got questions, uh, give us a tweet, some DMs. Let us know how we can answer your questions. And we're also going to have some guests, right, Molly? We want to get some. Yeah, we're going to have. We're going to try to get some guests. We would love um, requests for guests. We have some ideas of who we want to have on, but tweet at us, request guests, DM us, ask questions. If we get enough questions, maybe we'll do like a question segment, especially for some of the like younger reporters or people who want to get into this business. Um, Nothing is off limits. Ask away and we'll get into it on one of our shows and make sure to like and subscribe. We took a long off season. So we want people to know that we're not dead and we exist and we are back. So please engage with us on socials and all that good stuff uh, and spread the word. Awesome. Looking forward to week two. Molly will be at Pittsburgh, Tennessee pit. I will be in Fayetteville for South Carolina, Arkansas. We will recap it all next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Molly, enjoy week two. Let's hope it's as awesome as it was week one. Football is back, baby. Yeah, baby. See you next week, Chris.